December 2017. Nadia Atwi's vehicle is discovered wedged into some bushes at a park near her home. Just want to tell her that I love her. Come back today. I would forget about what happened. But Nadia is never seen again. If I go back, I would react differently, but I didn't know. The next call, the case of Nadia Atwi, available now on the CBC Listen app and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Canada will require all new cars sold by 2035 to produce zero emissions. This is something the government proposed last year as part of a plan to increase the availability of electric vehicles in Canada. We asked people on the streets of Winnipeg yesterday about this, and they had mixed feelings about the idea of buying an electric vehicle. I tried to buy an electric vehicle about a year and a half ago, and there was none to be found. There was either just simply nothing available or wait lists where they couldn't even give me an estimate of when something was available. The concerns I would have about purchasing an electric vehicle are the initial cost, the cost over time to maintain it, and how easily is it to actually get someone to repair it, considering it's relatively new technology. No, I don't drive an electric vehicle yet. Because at the time where my husband and I were replacing our vehicles, we weren't convinced that what was available was really accessible for us, maybe because of the price, also because of where we live in Winnipeg. We're always concerned about how things are going to hold up in the minus 40 degree temperatures. The federal government is set to announce the finalized details of this plan later today. Marco Chauan-Ovid is a climate change reporter for the Toronto Star. He's with me in studio. Good morning. Morning, Matt. You got a sneak peek at what's going to be announced later on today. What did you learn about what will be in these new regulations? Well, um, I did get to see them a little bit earlier or speak to someone who saw them a little little earlier. And uh, one of the interesting things about them, just to address what that first woman you spoke to in Winnipeg Mm. said, was that they are explicitly designed to try and shorten those wait times. Um, I think a lot of the pushback against these um, regulations, which were sort of announced in draft form a year ago, so people saw what was coming, Uh, People said, why would the government force us to buy electric cars? And in fact, the way they're being pitched now, they're in fact being, they've been renamed. They're called the Electric Vehicle uh, Availability Standard. Uh And it's all about making the, shortening those wait times because there's so few electric vehicles out there. They're just ramping up. These automakers are ramping up their production and they're all going elsewhere. They're really hard to get here. So how is that going to change? I mean, again, the wait times, six months, a year, perhaps even longer. How is what's going to be announced going to change, shorten that wait time? Do we know? Well, if if the government is to be believed, uh, it is that the limited supply is already being sent to places where that have these standards. Mm. And so that's California, that's BC and Quebec. And you can just see it. The short the wait times in those places are shorter. The purchase, the number of people that purchase these cars is way higher in those places than everywhere else. And so the idea is spread out that supply. If there's limited supply, let's try and get more of it into places like Manitoba or Ontario. I said in the introduction that all new cars sold in this country by 2035 are going to produce zero emissions. How is that going to ramp up? Because this is going to be done in phases, right? Uh, Yeah, there are sort of benchmarks. I mean, every single place that has brought these in have different ones and they ramp up at different rates. But the rough rough idea is 20% of new car sales will be uh, zero emissions, primarily electric vehicles. 
um, by 2026. That goes up to 60% in 2030 and 100% in 2035. And this credit system for manufacturers is going to work how? If they don't produce a certain... If they don't produce that threshold, then they can buy credits from other manufacturers. Is that right? Ultimately, yeah. I think what we use shorthand in journalism always just sort of saying, okay, 20% by 2026, et cetera. The real regulations are, wow, I've had a look at them, mm-hmm. or at least the draft ones last year that are public. They're incredibly complicated. You get different credits for different kinds of electric cars. Then if you exceed your credits, you can sell them to others. But I think the interesting point here is that the other places that have these standards already in place, California, BC, and Quebec, every single manufacturer has been able to meet their obligations. This isn't a question of, oh, how are we ever going to get this many cars? In fact, only two manufacturers even had to buy any credits from anyone else. And so for the most part, they're overselling. They're far exceeding these um, these uh, thresholds that they need to meet, these targets, and that they've got extra credits on hand. What counts as a zero emissions vehicle? You kind of, you said largely electric, but there is some sort of wiggle room in there, right? Absolutely. I mean, these things have been designed to be um, technology neutral. The, the government isn't telling car companies what to build. They're just saying, we don't want any emissions coming out the tailpipe. So if you can build uh, a hydrogen car, go for it. If you, But right now, as we know, look around on the streets, what are the zero emission cars that are out there? There are two. There's battery electric cars and they're plug-in hybrids. Do you know whether there's any we're going to talk more about this from the manufacturer's perspective, but also from the advocate's perspective. But one of the things that people have have pointed to is that in the jurisdictions you mentioned, Quebec and British Columbia in particular, there are strong incentives for buyers to get on side with this. Is there any sense that that is what's going to be needed to push people if people are considering buying an electric vehicle, given the cost of those cars, we heard about that again as well from those folks in Winnipeg, that there would be some sort of incentive program to help people along? Well, that's, I mean, that's very true, right? The availability and wait times are just one of the barriers that people face. And I I always think the other two that people talk about are access to charging and upfront cost. And I think both of the, you know, this is not a a policy that exists in isolation. The government has a huge program to be building out um, chargers all over the place. And I think also the fact, uh, but that the the upfront price thing, I think is also a bit of a canard to be perfectly honest. Um, You know, when you really look at the real numbers, uh, the average price of a new car in Canada, as of this year is $68,000. People don't buy the cheapest car out there. So once you look at the average price of an average car in Canada, $68,000, there are a lot of EVs that are cheaper than that, including the most popular EV, the Tesla Model 3. If this works, what is the federal government, as you understand it, hoping to achieve? Well, I mean, it all comes back to climate policy. It's all about reducing emissions and transportation is a huge chunk of emissions, right? And getting cars... Uh, getting, I guess, suppose gas burning and diesel burning cars off the road, that would be like a third of all the emissions in Canada. Mm. So it would be a huge step towards getting, you know, reducing our emissions by 40% by uh, 2035, which I think is the current uh, goal. And then eventually, you know, net zero in 2050. And your point is, I mean, you've written about this today, that in other jurisdictions where similar regulations are in place, car makers have met or exceeded those regulations, the thresholds. Absolutely. I mean, what's really interesting is when you plot out, right, we're not the first to go down this path. There are these other um, places that have had the policy in place for years, five or six years. And so you can look, 
okay, they had a threshold of they had this target, they had that target, and it ratchets up over time. Every single year, they're beating those targets. And so the question becomes, it's a bit of a chicken and egg question. Will will these kinds of rules mean that there's more availability and will that drive consumers to buy these cars because they don't have to wait around for a year? Mm. Or is it that there's already demand for these cars and people are clamoring for them and all we're going to do with these uh, regulations is make sure that they can get their hands on one? Marco, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Marco Chan Ovid is a climate change reporter with the Toronto Star. Daniel Breton is president and CEO of Electric Mobility Canada. This is a group that advocates for the transition to electric vehicles. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us. Let's start with the supply issue. People who want to buy electric vehicles increasingly have to wait six months, maybe longer, maybe a year and a half. How do you believe this plan will address that supply crunch for electric vehicles? Well, first and foremost, let's say that there are some car manufacturers who uh, who have enough supply, so there's not a long waiting list. But uh, when we're talking about more traditional car manufacturers, there it becomes more complicated. But the, the purpose of the regulation is exactly to address that issue, to make sure that there are more availability, more supply, and more sales. Uh, as uh, Marco Ovid mentioned, um, Where sales are regulated or GHG emissions are regulated, that's where car manufacturers will send the vehicle in priority. So uh, if you're looking at Quebec, but you can also talk to about BC, California, Europe, China. So these are all jurisdictions and countries where uh, we see higher sales of electric cars because they get more to get more uh, supply of electric cars. Regarding, uh, because there was mention of the fact that, you know, uh, you need to have rebates in order to have higher sales. Mm-hmm. Actually, not necessarily, because if you look at, for instance, in New Brunswick, there's higher sell, there's a higher uh, EV rebate in New Brunswick than in BC because uh, they want to get more electric cars to be sold in New Brunswick, but because there's no supply, they hardly sell any. But if you if you look at the price issue, the average price, according to the CA, the Canadian Automobile Association, of a, an electric vehicle is around eighty three thousand five hundred and ten dollars. In the midst, and you know, the affordability crisis ideally will not last forever. But how do you convince people to spend that much more money when they're already paying more for everything else? Okay, so uh, average selling price of a new light duty vehicle in Canada, according to Auto Trader, in September of twenty twenty three. $67,000. If you look at that price, that average price, I'm not talking about electric cars, just new cars. There are actually almost 50 different models of electric vehicles that are available below that price, which means that they are getting more and more competitive. So uh, this is one of the reasons why we want to make sure that there's enough supply because they are getting more competitive, not only because of the fact that price of EVs is going down a bit, but the price of gas vehicles is going way up. It's gone up 30 to 60% the past five years. Do we have the infrastructure to match this? I mean, in major cities, uh, there can be charging spots. There can be spots within in municipal parking lots, in condominiums, what have you. In the rural parts of this country... Uh, where charging stations may be few and far between. Are we going to get anywhere near the infrastructure that we need to match the demand? So about rural areas, I live in rural Quebec. And uh, what makes it easier when you live in a rural area is because most people 
live in a single unit home so you can charge at home most charging happens at home it's the backbone of charging so there are many electric cars in my little town of 2000 people so home charging and rural charging is not so much an issue and if you feel that you have maybe not enough fast chargers to be able to drive hundreds of kilometers uh, you can always buy a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle for downtown areas, this is where most of the funding has to go because we want to make sure that people living in multi-unit residential building mm. are able to charge. What about the, uh, the issue of, I know that we're short on time, um, but what about the issue of, of the weather? In those rural communities, we heard people in Winnipeg talking about it being minus 40. We know that electric vehicles can lose up to 30% of their range in freezing temperatures. Yeah. How do we ensure well, I, how, I, how do we I, ensure that those vehicles are actually going to work in the climate that we live in in this country? Actually, and minus thirty, minus forty, electric vehicles are easier to start than gas vehicles. Easier, <laughs> to, have, easier to start, but you do lose battery. Uh, oh, you, you do you do lose battery capacity, but you do lose range on gas vehicles as well. So I've been driving to Saguenay, I've been driving to Abitibi, I've been driving to Northern Ontario for decades now with plug-in hybrids and electric vehicles and there's no issue once you're used to it especially now with the new technologies they're a lot more efficient than they used to be before i let you go what is the opportunity here do you think the, the, these announcements are getting a lot of attention because of the, the the benchmarks but what do you think the opportunity for this country is well the opportunity is that we are investing billions of dollars in critical minerals battery assembly ev plants across canada we want to make sure that those those investments will make sure that Canadians can have access to those cars that are built in Canada. Because right now, it's not necessarily going to be the case. If we don't have regulation in Ontario, for instance, well, there's a possibility that people in Ontario will, won't be able to buy the car that they help assemble with their taxpayers' money. So to me, this is a great opportunity, but there's a risk if we don't have, we don't have regulation tied to those subsidies. Daniel, thank you very much. My pleasure. Daniel Breton is president and CEO of Electric Mobility Canada. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Kingston is president and CEO of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association. Brian, good morning to you. Good morning. How feasible is this, do you think, the federal government's plan on electric vehicles? Can we get to those benchmarks uh, fully uh, emissions-free by 2035? With the current supports in place to help Canadians make the switch to electric, the targets are not feasible. There are two main barriers to switching to an electric, and this you know, government surveys confirm this, consumer surveys by industry. It is the price, the upfront cost, and the available charging infrastructure. We have not seen enough activity on both of those to help the large middle-class Canadian 
population make that shift to electric. And so we, we've got to be working much more aggressively right now to build that infrastructure, provide stronger supports, and that will put us on a path to electrification. Clean Energy Canada compared popular EV models with their gas equivalents, found that buying an electric car can save a typical Canadian driver about $3,800 annually, including the upfront purchase cost. That's a lot of money to save in the midst of an affordability crisis. Why wouldn't Canadians make that switch? The major challenge on the pricing side is the upfront purchase. There is currently a $14,000 price gap on average between a gas-powered vehicle and an electric vehicle. Of course, the, the feature of, of making the switch is that you save on, on fuel. but And, re- and repair issues. And repairs, exactly. Um, but you think about a typical household right now that's facing a range of inflation-related cost pressures. The idea of increasing your vehicle budget by fourteen, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a larger monthly lease payment on the premise that you're going to save over 10 years of owning that car, that's hard for a lot of Canadians to make that decision. So that's why we need those government incentives to be much, much stronger. You you want provincial governments, as we see in Quebec and uh, British Columbia in particular, there are other, other jurisdictions as well, but those are the ones that seem to be leading. You want provincial governments to step up um, with those incentives. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the time we hear um, that BC and Quebec are leaders because they have EV mandates in place. Not the case at all. They are leaders because they have been providing very strong provincial incentives for a long time. On top of that, they've built out absolutely fantastic charging infrastructure network. So if Ontario, for example, were to do the same and come forward with a strong purchase incentive, you would see an immediate increase in EV sales in the province. It's, you know, supply is related directly to demand and you've got to stoke demand. Vehicle manufacturers, and again, you represent them, have said that these sorts of sales mandates and, and the targets are unrealistic. But as Marco said, and he's written about this in the paper this morning, in the jurisdictions where these mandates are already in place, British Columbia and California, in particular, th- those mark those 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 uh, targets, the, the the benchmarks have been surpassed very easily. We see that in in each time that they say the target is unachievable, those targets are achieved ahead of schedule. So, what does that say about the concerns from vehicle manufacturers? Yeah, I think the uh, the jurisdictions that that are pointed to as you know places where this is working is. Uh, frankly, it, it shows a lack of ambition on the Canadian side. The, the leading jurisdictions in the world for EV adoption do not have mandates in place. You're talking about your Norways and your Swedens. What they have done is they've focused on a suite of incentives to help consumers switch. But just, and, to, be, but just to be clear, again, in California, EV sales now exceed the target by 8%. It seems like the target works, doesn't it? And the manufacturers can meet that target. It all comes back to your charging infrastructure and your scent of provision. In all of those jurisdictions, they offer a suite of supports that gets you and supports that target being met. Right now in Canada, nationally, we do not have enough in place, particularly on the charging infrastructure side, to make sure that these targets are reachable. But if those, if those infrastructure pieces were there, the concerns of automakers, it seems like, would disappear. Because in other jurisdictions, it's been proven to work. Oh, absolutely. Look, if you build out the infrastructure, and just to give you an example, I mean, the federal government target here is for 442,000 public chargers by 2035. Mm -hmm. We've got 25,000 today. So yeah, if you could show me a clear plan to have all of that infrastructure built, to have provinces step up with incentives, there's a pathway there. But right now, it's a pipe dream because we have no plan to get there. Who builds that infrastructure? You'll see private um, organizations, whether it's in parking lots and uh, big box stores, what have you. But is this the kind of thing, if the government wants this program to move forward, is this the kind of thing, if you're suggesting that this should be 
kind of seen it, it, like uh, a, a larger piece of public infrastructure, like we think about uh, hydroelectricity, like we think about uh, rail lines, for example? Exactly. I mean, I, I would characterize this as one of the, the largest public infrastructure build-outs in recent history if we're going to get that charging infrastructure up and running uh, on time. And let me be clear, you know, th- this is not just on the federal government. There will be a role for private sector investment in charging, but right now there are so few electric vehicles on the road that it's hard to justify an investment into a charging station because the throughput of EVs is very low. Because you're not going to make the money you're on simply, the charges. Exactly. That's exactly it. So how do you how do you move that forward? What what does that require? That's further in, in incentives. Is that what you're saying? What we need right now is government to continue to offset the initial cost of installing charging infrastructure, and they have programs in place to do that. It has to move more quickly, and over time, as the on-road vehicle fleet grows, you will see more business opportunities to install private charging. So that, that we're in that transition period right mm-hmm. now, um, but with only you know, 345,000 EVs on Canadian roads, it's very difficult to make uh, that a profitable investment right now. Just before I let you go, we just have a few seconds left. The first mark here is 20% of all new car sales will be zero emissions by 2026. Do you think that's a reasonable figure? I think we can get there. We've got 77 new EVs in the market right now, more coming next year. So I think 20% is achievable. As we get towards 60%, that's where the questions start to, uh, to be a little more obvious. Brian, thank you. Thank you. Brian Kingston, President and CEO of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association. would love to hear from you on this. If you are considering buying an electric vehicle, what would help you move that along? And if you have one, what are the things that you've run into in terms of issues when it comes to that infrastructure that Brian mentioned? You can email us to current at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.